Zelensky, Biden, NATO, and Eastern Europe at war. You are listening to continuing coverage of war in Ukraine on the John DePietro Show. AM 1380, 99.9 FM, WNRI. Listen live online at DePietro.com. Let's go live now to the border of Ukraine and John DePietro. Well, folks, good afternoon, or good morning, I should say, to uh, everybody tuning in. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It is AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I want to welcome everybody in that is also tuning in, part of our uh, live stream on Facebook Live. Hello, one and all. Hope everyone had a nice weekend. It was quite a weekend. The uh, clocks changed here. We had daylight savings. So it is, um, so it's actually after 5 here. Uh, we are once again in Schemmel, which is the train station. This is the main train station where they all come in, main station where they all come in from Ukraine. And then uh, programming note, tomorrow I'm planning on returning to Ukraine, tomorrow. So now it's, you gotta be, it's, it's a fluid plan, as you can imagine, and we'll have to um, see how it goes because we don't know what might happen overnight or what situations could develop. But uh, that is the working plan right now, and then we'll have a better idea sometime tomorrow. Folks, this portion of the program of the John DePietro Show, as we kick off, and hello, everybody, it is week four. Yes, I am still here. (laughs) My goodness, but I'm not sure how much longer. Not sure how much longer. But anyhow, as this Monday, this portion of the program as we kick things off is brought to you by the Coesed Inn. Folks, stop in. I want to thank Jim and everybody there. They've been so supportive. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. A great meal. I am going there to eat when I return. They have delicious pierogi, of which I had some the other night here. But uh, we'll stop in. There's a great meal. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. So, folks, it is Monday, and um, I am going to talk about, obviously, what's happening in that Biden gaffe over the course of the weekend when he was uh, he was in Poland, and it was an ad lib, and it was at the very end of, uh, of his speech. And as many of you know, he, he ad libbed it. It took off. Apparently, they're going to use it as... Um, Russian propaganda, and I'm going to, you know, touch on that as as we go along. That that was again that that doesn't help the situation. I, part of it is when I heard it, and Biden saying, you know, this man cannot remain in power. Um, my first res- my first reaction was he he finally said something that I agree with over a year in office. He finally said something that I'm was actually agreeing with and then they walked it back and then there was some fun on social media of you know can you imagine if president reagan said mr gorbachev tear down this wall and then said on second thought i guess the wall could stay um it would go over that effectively so but they did walk it back i did a radio interview uh just a few moments ago with the wendy bell show who had me on newsmax uh over the course of the weekend and um she was asking me if that made big news over here. It, it made big news everywhere, but I think what actually helps President Biden with that gaffe, at least over here, is the fact that Zelensky has gone so far in going after Putin that I think Biden's statement, again, I, I, I get the whole thing. 
that they use that to fuel propaganda for regime change and everything else. But folks, if you've seen some of the stories that are now coming out of what some of the Russian soldiers are doing to some of the families in Ukraine, and I'm not going to get too graphic. I realize uh, many times people are listening that have small children in the car, but can use your imagination. Uh, they've, you know, some Russian soldiers went into a house and killed the man that was there, and then they, you know, various uh, took advantage of the young wife right in front of the children and everything. I mean, it's awful. So my point is. What Biden said pales into comparison to what's happening on the ground. Now, a couple of uh, different updates. Um, Later, I will share. Yesterday, I had a wonderful meal with my friend Tomas that I met on Sunday. They invite. It's big with families, and especially this part. Uh, You know, when I was growing up, Sunday dinner was big. Do you remember? Maybe some people still do. It is nice uh, many times that families still, you know, get together on a Sunday or in the summertime. You see people get together on a Sunday. So it's still very, very big. And I joined his family. They couldn't have been nicer. It was actually the, the nicest span of time, you know, I've had since I've been over here, while at the same time, uh, the, the situation, you know, there's, if you've seen, and I've kind of put it out, NATO is relocating more troops um, into, into Poland, actually in a lot of the, the uh, nearby NATO countries. More of the, the troop levels are being aligned. There's more troops that are actually coming. And um, the building where I'm staying last night was the first time where they, they, someone had explained to me what it was, but they, they're going to start doing um, uh, bomb shelter drills. So almost like when, I remember at St. Paul's school, they would do a fire drill. We'd all have to go out, stand on uh, Broad Street outside the school. The teacher counts everybody off. I remember when I actually worked in New York, they used to do a floor fire drill every once in a while. Uh, I worked at Two Pen, and they had a... Uh, fire warden or whatever and line everybody up and the thing goes off you have to stand and then they direct everyone how they're going to get out so um so so that is definitely something to consider and that is something that could certainly impact uh my departure um there's there's many things everyone has a red line every country has a red line Uh, being trapped in a bomb shelter and there's dogs and families and children and the whole thing uh, might be time for Juan to head back west. <laughs> so, so that's different. I understand why they have them. I remember when I visited Israel, everyone had a bomb shelter. Here, it's more just like the basement of the building. But I thought, you know, that's interesting—a bomb shelter drill. Maybe, maybe it's time to maybe it's time to check that plane ticket <laughs> to uh, to figure out when we're going to start to go west. And I, by the way, I'm not shocked. On Saturday, right after Biden made those statements about Putin, then they fired off some bombing right in the western part of Ukraine that uh, they haven't hit that many times, but they they did definitely hit it. It was it was a lot of news on Saturday. So so that is changing. So that is the plan again. Tomorrow we within Ukraine on Friday. And unless something changes, I'm planning on going back tomorrow. It's just, um, but again, we'll, we'll see. That was, you know, Friday, um, it's exhausting being there, as you can imagine. Anyone that caught me, Mike Degner was so funny. He was like, Juan, you need some sleep. Um, it, is, it is so draining going in and out just because of everyone you're dealing with. And by the way, folks, I want to thank Mike Degnan, his family. Uh, they also did a version, started with Coogie Cash, but uh, very, very generous 
And so as a result of that, I have some video of three different families I went up to and said, this is from Miguel. And, uh, and actually his lovely wife and um, their beautiful little child. So there's that. Now, folks, as much as I am here and as much as there, there have been some developments, um, I'm actually going to spend the first hour because I do want to talk about some things that are happening locally. And also, I'll weigh in on what happened last night. Now, I wasn't awake. We had daylight savings. So then you're like way ahead of the, you know, way ahead now, six hours ahead. Ukraine is seven hours ahead. But what happened last night with the Academy Awards with Will Smith, that was just absolutely disgraceful. And uh, he should not have been given the award. And, you know, I know people have different. uh, I don't believe unless I'm out of pocket, I miss something. I don't believe that that was rigged in any way. Um, I can't see why um, they would have wanted to rig it that way. Uh, But to, you know, I I don't like seeing something like that. And as some people have said, you watch now. Uh, He did that to Chris Rock under the guise of, well, that's not funny. You know, I mean, they're there. They're entertainers. First, he was laughing. Will Smith first was laughing. Uh, and then charges the stage and slaps Chris Rock. That, that, was a, that was a pretty fun, you know, decent joke. I've heard worse. I've heard worse jokes. But uh, that was absolutely disgraceful that he then stormed up there. And I also agree with people that, uh, let's just say that had been Bradley Cooper or another actor. I have a feeling that that would have been a different result than uh, Will Smith and then up out there later and family and crying that was that was disgraceful he's swearing at him from the stage hey listen that is part of the whole nature of it that they go i still you know when you when you see some of those award shows they they do that they poke fun at different people in the audience and um and the actions of him it was so bizarre and if you've i'm sure you've seen it but first he's laughing will smith then suddenly, you know, decides to go charging up, even though, and I'm not going to get too inside here, folks, but there's definitely some odd dynamics with the whole relationship between Jada Pickett-Smith and, and Will Smith without those that know, know, but, and they have this thing they call, I think, the table or the red table, and they confess things. They're definitely a little odd. Um, I didn't see the film that he did about the Williams sisters, but I, I agree. You watch. I mean, it's it's very common that, um, you know, all of this talk about attacks on freedom of speech, last night was the biggest attack on freedom of speech, right? Last night, what you saw, the world saw worldwide, that was the biggest attack of, of uh, on, on freedom of speech. It's, uh, it's an entertainment program. Chris Rock's a comedian. He's telling jokes. Uh, he told a joke about Jada Pickett-Smith. And then there were some people that were encouraging and saying, oh, isn't that great that he got slapped? There was, there was nothing good about it. I know it's a, a big buzz, and I've been following everything online. Um, and I see some people saying they think it's beautiful the way that Will Smith was then defending the wife from the joke. But I, I just, again, I'm not going to go on and on about it, but it was, it was disgraceful, and you mark my words. There are, there are some comedians that, you know, they'll engage with the audience and tell different jokes, um, whether it's local or national. And you watch, some idiot will now get up and 
And, and, and you know, it's one thing that there are hecklers uh, when comedians try to appear somewhere. This is another level where he literally marched up to the stage. So granted, he slapped him, but still, that's still an assault. Or who knows how someone is then going to mimic that. But there is some idiot out there who's going to go to a comedy club. And, you know, the comedian comes over, hey there, you know, who are you? First date, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes they poke fun and, uh, and watch what that's going to turn into. But what I think should be very condemned. Do you need that chair? Oh, okay. Do you need that chair? Everybody? Oh, you, you need to flip that up? Oh, okay. All right, folks, we're uh, moving a little bit. Okay. Oh, okay. Quite all right. Sorry about that. Folks, we're moving just a little bit. Just going to put something up on this uh, bulletin board. And uh, I was blocking it with the camera. So everyone, uh, bear with me. Very, very nice. And I appreciate the way she was very conscious about the live broadcast and allowed me to step back like this and putting up some kind of an announcement. Folks, this portion of the program is brought to you by Ari Coogan and Heating. Folks, it's Coogie, so generous also. Maybe uh, you want to make sure you have proper heating and cooling. And also for plumbing, it's R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today. You can also find them on Facebook. R.E. Coogan and Heating. All right. Juan is, uh, was a little bit in the way. Folks, by the way, this was um, the first time we were on uh, Friday and then Friday night. And then uh, this was the first time I actually, I was completely, to be perfectly honest with you, completely drained this past uh, weekend. Plus the whole thing with the, the time change. But just to finish up on that, I don't. I, I don't think they, they. I don't think they should even let him keep the Academy Award. I mean, I know Chris Rock's in a tough spot. He doesn't want to press charges, but you know that was a joke. They were laughing. He was telling jokes. It's common. It's tradition. Whoever's the host, they had different people. I didn't watch it, um, but but he should be condemned. And people, you watch. Other people will start to do the Will Smith slap if someone is somewhere and someone doesn't like what's being said this will be the new level that they go up and and slap the person and i know some people don't get that right now but you know there's so many people that are influenced by that by that type of thing and that uh representative ariana presley in massachusetts she first tweeted out that she thought it was fantastic because he had told a joke about uh the fact that she deals with halopatia and and it's about time, and apparently the rep does. But that, that whole thing is just so over the rails. Now, folks, this portion of our program is brought to you by Brood Awakenings. I could use a brewed coffee right about now. Stop in and see David and everybody. Brood Awakenings, two locations in Johnston. I want to thank them for being so supportive of our uh, trip overseas. And then uh, location Pontiac Avenue and also on Cranston. Pontiac Avenue and then Bald Hill Road in Warwick. Folks, they're waiting for you. Delicious food. You can stop in right now for lunch at Brood Awakenings and you'll notice the brood difference. Now, again, I recognize and good morning to everybody tuning in. It's the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Now, by the way, check out DePietro.com. We were the first, even though I'm overseas. We had the video. It's rough. YouTube took it down, but I was able to put clips up on the website, and that is, I was able to get a copy of that terrible, vicious stabbing that took place at Water Place Park last Wednesday night. Um, I obtained it. We posted it. 
YouTube took it down, but then I put clips up. And then Go Local Fraud is saying, we have an, they don't have an exclusive. You can check the timeline. We had it first. Even though I'm overseas, folks, we still had it first. But it's vicious. But also on the website, you will see, and that is that the FBI is now zeroing in on Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. And we're going to talk about that next hour. We'll do our segment, uh, Politics This Week with Justin Katz. But, folks, I'm going to say right now. Now, I recognize I am overseas. And I'm not there getting the full feel of everything, but obviously still communicating with a lot of people. I'm telling you right now, it would be unprecedented for a sitting governor to win an election and be elected, first the primary, then the general, as you are the target of an FBI probe. Uh, This shows you just how tone deaf the McKee administration is on following the law, on following guidelines. Um, I'm hearing it's very extensive. And this is something, folks, you know, I am tempted. I think one of the reasons I want to come back earlier than I initially thought is just because I really want to get in on this FBI probe. Because this thing could, could they, they, they start off small and then it becomes very wide ranging. Um, there's a lot there. And by all accounts of information that I'm getting, this is, first of all, they don't end quickly. This is not going to end before the primary. They're not going to be done with the investigation before the general. So the question on this Monday is, is the state of Rhode Island going to elect a governor? Is he going to win the primary and then be elected governor as he is the target of an FBI probe? It's unprecedented. Uh, that obviously never happened. It did not happen under Raimondo. Did not happen under Chafee. Certainly didn't happen under Governor Kachiri. Did not. Lincoln Allman was a former U.S. attorney. Lincoln Allman basically got in because he was, you know, law and order after the credit union crisis. Um, you have to go back to the, you know, Dupree. And there were so many questions in 1990. And that was one of the reasons why Bruce Sunland beat Ed Dupree in 1990. So, I mean, I, I don't care. People may not be opening the barrels, you know, going after him just yet. But I am telling you right now, it would be unprecedented. And I want to see a situation where a sitting governor who is administration is then the target of an FBI probe. Uh, number one, the money starts to dry up. Who's going to donate to him? Right. What if that becomes part of it? This, this whole ILO contract, and I'm not going to bore you with the details, folks, but it just reeks of bid rigging. It reeks of, you know, quid pro quo because they would funnel so much money to Governor McKee. Um, you know, we, we've seen this. They can put up a brave face and then people start getting questioned. Then they have to hire defense attorneys. Then they have to go in front of a grand jury. And this thing wears people down. And on top of that, it sets up a real area um, feeling of paranoia around the McKee administration. His actions since he took over last March. And again, folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee took over for Orlando since March. And it's like a greatest hits of schemes, scams, insider deals, and now it looks like they've even violated federal law. 
between, you know, allowing Bud Craddock, the head of the DMV, he's still the head of the DMV, even though for the second time one of his properties was raided for these illegal massages, to then the whole Tony Silva fiasco with the land deal, to then the ILO contract comes cruising in. Then you have the situation with he's bribing all the state employees by giving them $3,000 bonuses. This is what it's like his first year in office when he was given given a gift of $2 billion to spend. Is there anyone in their right mind that would elect this guy to a four-year? Can you imagine that that should be the campaign slogan? Imagine what he'll do in, in four years. More FBI probes, more state police investigations. And by the way, folks, once I get back, I haven't seen much in the media, but I'm hearing from people that one of the reasons the head of the state police left was because McKee was pressuring him to squash some of the investigations. That's what I've heard. I'm going to work on getting it confirmed once I return to the United States. But for now... um, you know, could, could in 2002, Buddy Cianci was up for re-election for mayor, very popular still, even though because of Plunderdome. And I just wonder, you know, we're never going to know the answer, but could Cianci have been re-elected if the trial had, like, been delayed? He remained mayor, even though he was indicted. Cianci remained mayor even as he was on trial, right? He was on trial, he was indicted, he was still the mayor. But we're never going to know the answer to that. But Governor McKee, right now, you're the sitting governor, and he wants to be elected to a four-year term. He wants to win the primary in September, and then he wants to win the general in November. Here's the question. Can Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee today, right now, sit down for a full interview with, let's just say, Tim White Tednisi? The answer is no. He was hiding from Crandall on Friday. I saw that. Uh, he then showed up and said to the reporter from Channel 12, well, I didn't want to just walk away to look like I'm hiding something. So Governor McKee, the clip that I've seen is Governor McKee has turned into Sergeant Schultz. Governor, what's your reaction on the FBI thing? Oh, I don't know. Oh, is there an FBI probe? Oh, I haven't seen anything. I haven't heard anything. Oh, okay. Boy, that's reassuring. You're the governor of the state of Rhode Island. Your administration is now under investigation by the FBI in the U.S. Attorney's Office. And what does Governor McKee say? Oh, I, I don't know what's going on. As if he just, like, arrived home, right? Like, he's the parent that pulls into the driveway and, the you know, there's a police car there. Oh, is there something going on? Oh, I've been away. Oh, is there an FBI probe? Oh, is that what all these agents are? Folks, we saw this with Gordon Fox. They raided the office. He ended up in federal prison. You watch. Now, all of this, they start off this way. Oh, you know, but Governor McKee, so that's the line he's going with, the Sergeant Schultz. Oh, I don't know anything. Oh, is there an FBI probe? Oh, I, I, I haven't heard anything. Oh, I don't know what it's, you don't know what it's about? You're the target of the FBI investigation. And on top of that, what is also disingenuous, and folks, again, I'm not there, so I don't know what's being reported, what's not being reported. I'm going to go back to flashback right before I left to come over here. And again, for those that are tuning in, folks, it is week four of our coverage. Juan in Ukraine, Ukraine Juan. 
again, tomorrow, don't miss it. We will be back into the war zone tomorrow. Today where I am, we are 10 miles from the border. This is the main train station that I kind of use as like a jumping off point. It's a good place. It's not, I can walk here. Uh, there's people that if I'm going to meet, I, I meet them here. It's it's safe. It's open. It's it's public and so forth. It's By the way, it's busy 24-7. When I did the Newsmax hit, I did it from right here in, in Schemmel, which is, uh, parts of it are actually beautiful. But, but, but getting back to um, Right before I left, Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee hired someone who I know and I'm friendly with. And I, I knew her father, and it's Eva Mancuso. And I used to see Eva at Bonnet, and we would do beach chat. And Eva Mancuso is one of those people that I could sit, and I could sit on the beach and talk to her for two hours. And we would sometimes look for each other, and, you know, I, I like Eva a lot. But And when Governor McKee hired her, I don't know, when, at the end of February, <clears throat> um, it seemed, okay, so he's hiring her. So, you know, she had a high-profile example with her law firm where there was a family member. It was in the news. I'm not saying anything out of school. Um, I felt bad for her. She was very strong advocate with Deborah Gist on the uh, Board of Education, even though... I was against Eva with the illegals getting in state tuition, and I testified against that at CCRI. But anyhow, um, thought it was a little odd. Eva had a situation. She had a family member, I think goddaughter, who was embezzling funds from her law firm. So you have someone that, you know, certainly could use some extra income, state job, working for Governor McKee suddenly. um, But it, it sure, what I am hearing now, so it seemed, okay, they're bringing her in. And I remember saying with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe that there's no one really standing up for him. The Governor McKee, there's no one in the General Assembly, really, that stands up for him. And um, he alienated a number of allies he had who he didn't choose for a lieutenant governor. And he didn't see he was kind of an island. He didn't have anyone really going to bat for him. So the Eva Mancuso thing was interesting because her father was a legend in... Um, in law enforcement in Rhode Island. She ran for attorney general and I believe lost in the primary to Sheldon Whitehouse in uh, the fall of 1998 and and then served on the State Board of Education where, again, she was fantastic with uh, uh, education commissioner at the time, Deborah Gist. Uh, Eva Mancuso is obviously, you know, she's got a tremendous reputation, well-respected. But now... It sure looks as though Governor McKee brought her in at the taxpayer dime to pay for her to essentially be his criminal defense attorney against the FBI. Now, I don't know why that's not being reported. I mean, folks, I can't be everywhere. I'm going to be in Ukraine tomorrow. I'm hoping someone in the local media will pick up on that. What do they think they hired her for? She's now going to be the point person to defend him. No one on his staff defend him. Because he's neck deep in this FBI investigation. And I also want to give a shout out to the Republican lieutenant governor candidate, Gene Lugo. He's a great guy who you're going to meet sometime next week when I'm back. He is a Republican. He's running for lieutenant governor. He is a member of the Providence Police. And right before I came on air, I'm going to read it in the one o'clock hour. He issued a statement. And I think he made a great point. And he called out 
Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos for being silent and not saying anything as her buddy pal and, you know, Governor Dean McKee is under an FBI probe. And Gene Lugo, excuse me, and I'm going to read a statement. I will have him on next week. But he put out a statement saying, hey, like, what is this? The, uh, you're the lieutenant governor. You're supposed to be a leader, not a cheerleader. Hey, Matos, how can you be silent as your boss, Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, is now the subject of an FBI probe? And he's 100% right. Lieutenant Governor Matos has been silent. Why isn't she saying anything? Has the local media asked her to comment the fact that McKee's under an FBI probe? Is she... Is she cooperating with the FBI? I hope she's cooperating with the FBI. I would imagine with all of her travels and the interview process and being there, I would imagine that Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos, she may know a lot. She might be a useful witness. We don't know when this whole scheme went down. But she hasn't issued a statement saying that her and her staff are going to cooperate. And and, and that's missing. And I want to credit... He's a Republican lieutenant governor candidate, Gene Lugo. Cheers to him. He put out a statement saying, this is what I'm talking about. Elect me lieutenant governor, and I will be a watchdog on corruption. I'll speak out about corruption. Uh, and, and to me, that is leadership. Now, again, I'm a little out of pocket because of all the travel and everything else. I don't know if that new candidate... Republican candidate for governor has issued a statement about it. I don't even know, to be honest with you, if the Republican Party has issued anything on it. But is it news? Uh, Yeah, FBI probe of the McKee administration. Yeah, I would say that that's news. That's not something they do lightly. I can tell you that that's the last thing they want to pick up. That's the last thing they want to pick up when someone is up for an election. Uh, that is not the, the, the evidence must be so egregious that the FBI felt obligated like we, we have to investigate this. It's that bad. Now, I also want to point out Attorney General Peter Narona. He's a Democrat. Let's go. Should we go through the list? Do you think there'd be an investigation? If Peter Kilmartin was the attorney general, absolutely not. He'd be trying to cut a deal. Uh, I'll tell you what, I won't investigate this if, you know, so-and-so gets a job or blah, blah, blah. Do you think Do you think if this was Attorney General Patrick Lynch being uh, investigating a Democrat sitting governor? No, it'd be the same thing. It'd be like, let's make a deal. I'll tell you what, uh, I won't investigate this and bring in the FBI if, you know, you give me what's behind door number two. So I want to be very clear. That is very significant. It also shows you how serious this is that Attorney General Peter Narona brought in the FBI. And that leads me to believe, now we will talk to our legal analyst expert, Tim Dodd, later in the week. But I, I did have some communication with someone. And I've followed enough of these cases, folks. Many times the laws that were broken... They're more, uh, they fit more for a federal investigation as opposed to a local investigation. But folks, these, there's millions involved. I'm hearing with Governor Dan McKee that there is a quid pro quo regarding you get the contract 
to these his group that he's friends with. Imagine that he was barely the ink was barely dry that it was the governor. He was already working out his first deal. And then they were going to funnel campaign money back to him. Um, it sounds like a good scheme, right? Tell you what, I'll give you $5 million, but then you kick me back 500000 in campaign donations or whatever. Um, the only problem is it's illegal. And I don't know when this is going to be. These things go on for a really long time. Uh, I do not. I want to repeat, and I have no idea what any other... Media people talk. I have no idea other people's opinions. I couldn't. You can't get it over here anyway. So, but anyone that thinks uh, that this is not a big deal and he'll just clear himself, that, that, that is complete foolishness. Now, when the FBI, when they open a file, <clears throat> what's the statute of limitations? Seven years? Guess how long the investigation goes on? It goes on for a while. Um, they've investigated bigger people than Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. And there's something odd that as this is coming down, the head of the state police, Colonel Manny, suddenly resigns and doesn't want to be involved with this. I find that really interesting. I have no idea if local media has gotten to the bottom of the fact that out of nowhere, the head of the state police suddenly takes the job as the town manager of South Kingstown. So there's something odd about that. Um, But I I am hearing back channel that it's tied to pressure from the McKee administration to make this thing go away. But folks, it all starts off that I've seen these investigations. And again, folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Again, programming note, don't don't miss tomorrow. And it's also, unfortunately, supposed to be raining. So the rain in Ukraine falls mainly on a host from Rhode Island. I don't know. That should be an interesting one. That's the plan anyway. Now, listen, if they have massive explosions overnight, I'm not going because then it's like total chaos. If I explained enough, um, what is it like? it's, It's like no other atmosphere you're ever in. It's uh, everyone's, you know, I'll touch on that just for a moment, but um, what's it like? Uh, you know, everybody's, what's it like Friday? Uh, someone, I did an interview with someone. I, I'm like, all right, everybody's in a bad mood. Everybody's tired. Uh, everybody's on edge. Everybody's tense. For good reason, by the way. Total. I, I didn't expect, like, yeah, it's the most low-key, relaxing atmosphere. No, it's... You can cut the tension with a stress level, big guns everywhere, you know, tanks, the whole thing. It's it's not <laughs> relaxing. It is so exhausting being around. And the language barrier, I can't stress enough. Um, listen, the language barrier is a problem. It is a major problem. Um Translators are very skittish. It's tough to get and convince people to go with you into a war zone. Uh, those of you who have been following since we landed here, when was that? A month ago now? When we had, uh, I first introduced you to Anna and that nice family, Anna, who is terrific, a translator. Um, it's different communicating with, you know, she's next to me and we're interviewing someone 
at a train station or whatever. Um, <clears throat> completely different dynamic when you have either military or police and um, and they're like barking questions, orders, what have you. And then I am totally reliant on that person to properly, this is important now, properly translate what I am saying <laughs> and, and just as important what they are saying, right? So such as, um, you know, there's a difference between don't walk away and walk away. <laughs> so if someone says, you know, they talk and they said, he said, walk away. So you start to walk away and then the person freaks. And then the translator said, oh, I'm sorry. He said, don't walk away. <laughs> uh, I, I'd, I'd consider that a minor problem as I go to get my Google Translate. But anyhow, that is the plan. I will tell you, Saturday, that bombing supposedly was Putin firing off in response to Biden saying, you know, he cannot remain in power. Which is, here's the thought for our president. Let's just stick to what's written before we do an unaudible. No more audibles at the line. You know, someone is taking time to write what President Biden is reading on the teleprompter. Um, let's just read what they have prepared. I think that would be a good idea. Folks, in just a moment, I'm going to do a quick walk around. I realize we have not, but I haven't been on all weekend. So it was a much needed uh, weekend to rest. But listen, I, I'll just be honest. It's, it's, it's actually getting worse. And I'm seeing more troops and, you know, little stuff. I got stopped last night. Again, I totally get it. They have every right to know who are you, what are you doing here, let me see your passport. But after a while, again, um, I, 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 I fully get it. I completely get it. It just, you know, it just sets up a little bit of a tense atmosphere, to say, put it mildly. And so, um, and I think with the elections coming up, and, uh, and especially the FBI probe, I'm very anxious to watch how this is going to unfurl. I've seen these FBI probes. Everybody starts off on the same page. And then there's grand juries. Then there's attorneys involved. Then there are people that are offered immunity. Then we find out other schemes that have been going on. And that who knows what was going on. I want to tell you on this Monday, and again, folks, it's John DePietro. And um, we are coming to you from Shemel, Poland. Again, I, I've given 10 miles from the Ukraine border. Unless something changes, we will be in Ukraine tomorrow. Plan on doing our broadcast uh, best we can, unless something happens. Um, it's so chaotic over there. Between, as I've said, between the Ukraine military and then between the Ukraine police and then between the border patrol. And I'll tell you, those Legion fighters, ah, because they just shoot at anything that moves. If any one thing makes me uncomfortable, it's these, those Legion fighters. I don't even like to talk to them anymore. I have no interest in interviewing them anymore. Um, I don't care where they're from, whatever. It sounds and seems to be just young guys that want to come and see what it's like to, like, fire a weapon in a war zone. Uh, but that is, that is the plan. But it is, um, you know, as long as, unless something dramatic changes. But there's obviously no shortage of the news. And we're going to, 
unless something dramatic happens that would then make sense to stay. But um, but I'm just noticing it's getting increasingly tense. And, you know, that bombing on Saturday could be one even closer. I was talking to someone this morning, said, ah, I wouldn't be surprised he lobs one over the border, send a message. Ah, that's that's a different that's a horse of a different color. The bomb shelter drill. Mm, that was that's that's my cue. That's kind of my that's kind of my cue to maybe start looking at at flight reservations when they start doing the. No, I'm not getting. I'll just. Uh, no, I'm not being trapped in a blanking bomb shelter for, for who knows how long. The the guy Andre that I interviewed, he was in a bomb shelter for a week. Absolutely not. No way. That's not happening. That is absolutely not happening. And if that's happening, then then that's not happening for me. So, so folks, we will, but again, we'll follow it up. Um, obviously, the Biden appearance on Saturday was big. You still have, just to circle back, President Zelensky still feels he's not getting the proper support that he'd like to get with equipment, which I don't get. I do not get that. Um, other than, listen, as we all know, and I'm not going to break any news here, we, we, are, we have a weakened president. We have a president with a low approval rating who, you know, can't even follow a script, who steps in it, who, you know, there's a good um, editorial, though, this morning in the Wall Street Journal saying what, what first of all, it's kind of what I've been saying, but he, he needs to shake up his staff. He needs some better advisors in here. Here's what we know about Biden, just so we're all clear. And, folks, I'd like to, you know, deal in reality with everybody. Um, he's not going to be impeached. As the Wall Street Journal says, is there anyone listening that really thinks Kamala Harris? Do you really want her to be the president in the, in the amount of time that she's been uh, vice president for the past 14, 15 months? She has not grown into the job. She's ill-suited for the job. She's unprepared for the job, and she doesn't seem to be getting any better in the job. So right now, for the rest of this year, next year, and 24, I hate to say that, but for the next two and a half years, Biden is the president. But what the Wall Street Journal was suggesting is, and you are starting to see it happen, by the way, that Congress is stepping up and Congress is starting to push a more aggressive agenda on the Biden administration because the leadership is not there. You know, he, he any time he has a chance, like he did over the weekend, you know, he was telling the 82nd Airborne, oh, and wait till you see the Ukrainian people, how wonderful, you know, they're terrific and they're military fighters. Well, that led them to think like, oh, are we going over there? The White House said, oh, no, he, he didn't mean it like that. Well, he said to them, wait till you see them. And then, of course, that line at the end of his speech in <clears throat> Warsaw of, you know, that man cannot be in power. Now, I will say this, though. I, I, I find it comical that some people, that's it. He did it. Now you're, you know, now you're going to upset Putin. Shouldn't have said that. Well, here we go. The United States regime changed. Listen, all in proportion. Proportionally, what they are doing is, you know, a million times worse with the war crimes they're committing. You know, they, they, Putin ordered that strike into that theater in Maripol and killed 300 children. 
And you still have people that are defending him that I'm not going to go on and on about. So they're, they're more interested in saying, look at that. Look how they're talking about regime change than actually um, than, than actually condemning. I mean, it's not even close. It pales in comparison what Putin is doing compared to an ad lib. It was either seven words or nine words at the end of a speech that then gets everybody into an uproar. So, and the same token, you know, if you saw it, and again, folks, good morning. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Wendy Bell, who I like, and I was on her program on Newsmax uh, over the weekend. Uh, But even the question... You know, wow, the poor Russian hockey players are getting death threats. Isn't that terrible? The rush, and I've heard this from other people, by the way. I'm not trying to single her out. But, you know, wow, a Russian conductor is being told they don't want them there. Or isn't this terrible? Excuse me. They're getting death threats. Ukrainian civilians are getting death. I mean, I, I'm a little thrown at... The proportion of this whole thing, the proportion is not even close of what they're doing. All right, so Biden screwed up. Certainly not the first time. It's not going to be the last time. But some of the people, how they're treating it online, oh, he's done it now. Now Putin has every right to attack. No, he doesn't have a right to attack. That's ridiculous. There are people that are just looking for a reason for, for whatever reason, to try to justify um, what Putin and what the Russians are doing. So, folks, again, um, boy, heavy news on a Monday between the McKee FBI probe. And I'm telling you right now, there's the, that, that is not going to end. That's not going to end well. Uh, I think with Channel 12, we got some insight to what some of those emails were. And there was... Uh, you know, how many millions? I mean, they basically formed a company and rigged bids to the tune of millions to give to these people. And they ended up getting it. And then they ended up resigning and only grabbing two million of it. But still, the, the point is, um, it's wrong. And, you know, Governor McKee was lieutenant governor for almost eight years, six years at least. But... I am telling you, and I know his staff, they don't like the headline of FBI probe. But what else would you call it? The FBI is investigating the McKee administration. So I believe, and and I'm going to stick with my prediction, I've been saying it all along, that Nellie Gorbea is going to win the Democrat primary. Uh, I also find it interesting that it is very possible... That you could have, uh, is it possible that Helena folks could end up winning the primary? I, I don't know. I suppose um, possible, I guess. <clears throat> but right now, it would certainly seem the next governor is going to be a woman. And, and maybe, maybe this Republican challenger, Ashley Collis, maybe. I like at least she's doing her platform of education. She's got a long way to go, but she, the good news is she's got time. She can, you know, sharpen her tools a little bit and sharpen, do some speeches and 
hone hone the whole thing down a little bit. And she really doesn't have to be ready until September from after whoever wins the Democrat primary. Uh, Matt Brown remains invisible. But I just don't see Governor McKee. Governor McKee's new opponent is the media. Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, his new opponent is the media. And I was surprised he actually talked to Channel 12 on Saturday. I guess at the Rhode Island State House there was a rally for Ukraine and he spoke at it. And um, I did see the clip where he said, um, well, I didn't want to walk away like I'm running from something. So that sounds like something someone told him to say. Well, you don't want to look like you're running from anything. So um, he ended up just talking to uh, Channel 12. But, you know, what, what, what are going to be the questions in the debates? Do, do, you know, there's going to be leaks with the FBI probe. There's going to be a grand jury. Uh, different criminal defense attorneys are going to have to be hired. Someone who gets caught in the uh, FBI probe with McKee may want to cut a deal because they know about something else. Now it extends into a different area. Then you start, you know, it's newsworthy. The FBI goes up and they start seizing documents, maybe raiding offices, uh, taking things. They're going to have to get Governor McKee's... um, electronic devices computer because they may be trying to delete some of that stuff. I remember um, with Operation Plutterdome that someone called me from Providence City Hall and they were shredding documents. So, which is is common. With this, with uh, computers and email, someone can delete emails that well, you remember Hillary destroyed all the devices and the emails. Tom Brady destroyed his phone. So, um, the Governor McKee FBI probe, it's not, it's not going to go away. It's actually going to get worse because we're going to learn more that's involved. They've obviously learned some things that make them want to really do a full investigation. They, I'm sure they did not come to that lightly. And um, without question, that is a major problem. So, I mean, I guess it's possible. Would the state of Rhode Island, uh, the Democrats, I guess, would they elect a a governor who's under a current FBI probe? Uh, The debates are going to be about the FBI probe. And and it's going to be fluid, right? New information hits. And we may learn something about uh, someone, you know, cuts a deal for immunity. Someone else gets called in front of the grand jury. Maybe they get bank records. Then they get the campaign finance records. There's so many different levels to this until they work their way up the ladder. Uh, The person at the heart of this is the governor. He may not be right now, but ultimately, he's the target of the investigation. He was cutting the deal with his friends to give them that, that deal. So, and ultimately, you know, the people with this ILO group... Um, they may decide that they don't, they don't want to get in trouble. And, and ultimately, though, whoever hatched the scheme, who was ever involved in this scheme, uh, whoever was helping with that, they're all going to be called in. So, I, again, he, here's the question for me, and that is, are the people of Rhode Island, are people really set to elect 
a governor who is under, and, and I recognize right now it's the end of March, April, May, June, everyone is going to know about this FBI probe. And it's, who know you don't know where it leads. And you don't know where it could lead. And the problem with an FBI probe for Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee is sometimes someone who's in trouble says, you know, they got to give everything. So their attorney may offer a deal of an exchange for immunity that they will also share about another scheme that came in. Folks, there's a lot of different areas that this thing could go into. So I, I, I'm not saying he's going to pull out of the race, um, but if, if his argument, and it sure sounds like it initially with Channel 12, was he's Sergeant Schultz, right? I don't know anything. I know nothing. I see nothing. I, is that, you know, is that really going to hold up? That's the... That's what he's, you know, kind of going with of the, you know, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Oh, I didn't know about that. Well, the emails tell a different story. Well, folks, here's what we're going to do. It's 1159. It's the John DePietro Show. No, we're going to break for the 12 o'clock news. And then next hour, through the power of technology, we're still going to do our segment, which is Politics This Week with Justin Katz, managing editor for AnchorRising.com. Then... I will, once again, I'll be live in uh, 1 to 2. We have another full hour to go. Now, the next two hours are radio only. I think I'll be doing Facebook Live later. We'll see what happens. But, folks, in the meantime, you can also visit the website, petro.com. We have the story about Governor McKee. And then also, if you haven't seen it, it's brutal, the, uh, the footage of that uh, Water Place Park stabbing. So it's the John DePietro Show on this Monday as we are kicking off week four of our coverage overseas in Eastern Europe. We're going to break for the 12 o'clock news, and then we have two more hours to go right here on the John DePietro Show.